everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. Today is Meet My Friend Friday. It's Friday, the 19th of October. I've got a special guest on the show with me today. Ashley Sigrist is back on the show. We're going to be talking about what it means to face the unexpected. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I want to say thank you to everybody who has been leaving reviews for this podcast over at iTunes. Like I always say, if you are encouraged by what's happening here, it really encourages us and it helps us to grow the podcast. If you go over to iTunes and click on the little gear shift and leave a review, we love to read them. I'm going to continue reading them. I read a couple of them on uh, on Wednesday and I come back at Mailbox Monday and I'll keep doing that. But that's encouraging to us. Also, we want to just remind you, we're in the middle right now of our study about truth over at MomStrong International. It's not too late to jump into that study. You can join it at momstronginternational.com. All right, I've got a friend on the show with me today who has been here before. I love her heart. Some of you, if you've been listening to me for, for very long, you've already heard her on the show. Ashley says she's a self-professed dork, which is maybe why I like her a lot, who loves sharing the gospel Another win, win, I love this girl, and digging deeper into scripture. Win, 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 I love this girl. And she blogs over at Lively Faith. God is using her in a big way. She has an incredible story to tell. Welcome, Ashley, back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. So tell our listeners a little bit about your family, because there are going to be some people who haven't heard you yet. I am happily married, been married for 14 years. We have four kids. Um, 13, 10, almost eight and five. I homeschool them. Eight, five. You're a busy mom. Quite busy. This is a whole new (laughs) season of homeschool as well. (laughs) (laughs) Is it going good? Is your homeschooling going well? It is going good. Mostly because I've decided I'm just not going to let a, let a schedule rule us. And we're just going to take one day as it comes. (laughs) Girl, that is the way. That is how you do it, one day at a time. Have you always homeschooled? I can't remember. I know we talked about this before. Yes. Um, my oldest went to preschool, and it was during that time that I really felt the Lord drawing us to homeschool. So by four years old, he was here with me, and hmm. we've been trucking along. And now you got a 13-year-old moment of silence. you got a teenager in your house. <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> He's a really good kid, thank the Lord. <laughs> so I'm glad he's my oldest because mm-hmm. he's he's very wise for a 13 year old. He he mm-hmm. humbles me and teaches me a lot, actually. <laughs> I love that. Sometimes people will say that they're worried about having teenagers, and I always tell parents, "Oh my goodness, like the teen years are some. They really are. I know they're hard too, but they're also some of the best because this is the time you're going to start to see fruit." from your labor. Like you've been pouring into these kids and they, they get into the teen years and particularly into their later teens, you know, 16, 17, 18. uh, And you start to see fruit and it really is, it really is awesome. So I'm also telling parents because people will say, I want to put my kid in, you know, especially if they're homeschoolers, I want to put my kid into school when they're in high school. And I'm like, don't do it. Like those are some of the best years ever. Keep them home. It's awesome. Yeah. He's, it, it's neat to have conversations with him now and seeing that fruit that, you know, cause you don't know what to expect when they get older, what things they're going to face, but just seeing the fruit of how we've chosen to raise him and pouring scripture into them from the get go, how it's 
made him this young man that he is. So just thank God for. <laughs> yeah. And that's you guys making an investment into the lives of your kids. I mean, the, the, the Bible says that when we train our children in righteousness, that they become a tree, like a tree that's firmly planted by streams of water. And that's what we really want. And we get that by pouring into our kids, pouring scripture into them and uh, starting when they're really young. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for you just to, as you go, you know, walking even more into this, uh, uh, the teen years for you. I think you're going to love it. All right. You and I have talked about your story here at the podcast in one of, I think your interview, probably one of the most compelling that I've ever done on the show. And I love to talk about what's happening in the culture. Obviously abortion is a huge conversation uh, that we're continuing to have, particularly in light of the fact that we now have a conservative majority on the, on the Supreme court, which is incredible. Um, but you have an amazing story of hope and healing. And uh, we talked about rape uh, in our last our last podcast together, and we talked about our the question that we asked is if, is abortion ever justified? And uh, we hear this a lot. And when you, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time talking on today because I'll link back to that interview. So if uh, if you guys want to go back and listen to it, I'll link back to it. But can you just give everybody a little bit of the the recap of that for those who are new to the podcast and haven't heard you before? Yes. Um... I had an abortion when I was 18 years old and the basis of my decision to have an abortion is because I conceived through date rape. And that's the excuse that a lot of people will give you. Even Christians still want to make that excuse that abortion's okay in cases of rape. Um, but I found out the hard way that it's not the answer because abortion is the killing of an innocent child and people want to use the fact, well, you can't expect a rape victim to carry her rapist baby. But what we forget is that that baby is also her baby. And that baby was still created by God almighty. And if we believe that he is creator and that every life has value, then that baby deserves a chance at life and to live. And, um, you know, they tell you you can go on after an abortion as if nothing happened. You just live your life. But, you know, as a mom, you never forget any child that you have carried in your womb, whether you miscarried, had an abortion or gave birth to that child. And so after my abortion, um, I started to have horrific nightmares about this baby. And it wasn't even about my rape anymore. It was me being so consumed with guilt that I had killed my child. And the only way I knew that I could find any form of healing or deliverance from the pain and agony I was in was to seek after God. And thankfully, he is exactly who he says he is and that the blood of Jesus does cover every single sin and that it's not... um just that he forgave me, but that he healed me from all that came with the abortion, the fear, the feelings of worthlessness, and then turned this horrible thing into something beautiful that I can share with other women who've made the same choice or even parents who have um, forced their daughters into having an abortion because they were pregnant outside of marriage and 
just to share with people the goodness that is in God's character that, you know, he doesn't leave us in our mess, that he completely redeems and restores us to himself and that he ultimately gets the glory in all of that. It's such a beautiful, your willingness, first of all, just to, to talk about it, I think is bringing healing to a whole lot of women. Uh, it was many years ago, I, I felt the Lord just giving me the freedom and really the courage to talk about growing up in an abusive home and, and the effects that that had had on me, you know, the post-traumatic stress, my, the years that I spent on anxiety and depression medication. And I was afraid, and I, I would love to hear if this, if, if, you know, if this thought ever went through your mind, but I was afraid that if I said I had struggled with this and I had been on depression medication, that people wouldn't respect me anymore. And what I found out was it was a catalyst for healing for other women who were really struggling just to face their own, uh, their own hurt and their own need for healing. And what it's done is it's allowed me to minister into those places in someone's life where maybe someone else wouldn't be able to reach it. Has that been your experience also? Absolutely. Um, I've just recently started talking more about um, my battle with anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts that plagued me just a few years ago. And what was hard for me at the time was that everything in life, if you looked at it, was fine. You know, um, happy marriage, great friends, great kids, you know, there was no reason for me to be consumed with suicidal thoughts. But that's what the enemy does. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. And you can never turn your back on him because he's always coming after. And so being able just to be open and raw with that has helped um, some other ladies tell me, you know, wow, I never would have thought that about you but then it helps them to admit their own struggles. And when you have the freedom to be vulnerable and to talk about the issues that you face, then you're opening yourself up to the Holy Spirit to continue to do that work in you. And the enemy doesn't gain any more ground because you're overcoming him, you know, by the blood of the lamb and through the word of our testimony. Mm. And that's important that, that, um, that part about the word of our testimony, it really is powerful. That testimony of saying, Hey, there is a healer and his name is Jesus and speaking it with your mouth and, and not being afraid of what others will say. It really, it really brings hope and it really does bring healing. Yes. And that no one is too far gone for Jesus to completely restore and redeem. Mm. You and I have been, uh, talking a little bit about off off uh, off the recording today about a recent struggle that you've been through and I've kind of followed you on Facebook for a long time and have been really encouraged by your transparency obviously in what you've been talking about and I think it's interesting to say you know you had uh, suicidal thoughts and we've actually got a, an author a friend of mine who wrote a book called The Delusion I don't know if you've read it yet Ashley but I'll um I'll send you the the link to it it's an amazing book and this this uh, young author is talking about the battlefield of our mind and how the enemy just loves to get in there. And you're totally right because we can have a great husband, a great life, and still wrestle uh, with these thoughts and wrestle with it. And it's she she goes into great detail talking about how the enemy goes into the mind. She does it through a story, so it's written as a novel. But it, oh. I think it's it's uncovered a lot of what is actually happening in the culture right now and the face of the enemy. 
And so I'm so, I am always so encouraged when people like you are, have, have the boldness and the faith in the Lord and what he's doing in your life to say, this has been a struggle for me, but I know that I have access to the healer. And so I appreciate that. And you have also been through a miscarriage, right? You guys had an unexpected pregnancy earlier this year and, uh, and then you ended up losing the baby, which was heartbreaking. But, um, tell our audience about that because I really, I want to hit on today is for the mom or the dad who is listening to this and they're facing the unexpected because we never know when we're going to be uh, entering a trial. And you certainly entered that a trial like that earlier this year. So what happened there? We had assumed that we were done having kids. We have four amazing kids. We've had two miscarriages in our past. I'm 38, he's 42, and so we were just in our minds done um, with that part of life. And I even grieved, like, okay, no more, no more babies, and but was looking forward to having a teenager in this new season. And then um, I was also seeking the Lord and still am on becoming healthy, needing to lose weight for health reasons and to really change Um this part of my life, um, that has been neglected as I've been in mom mode. And yeah, so many moms are listening to you right now going, that's right, sister, preach it. Yeah. It's easy to neglect yourself. Yes. And so I'd really been, you know, seeking the Lord and conquering, you know, these old bad habits and trying to replace them with better habits for my health, because I want to be as strong as possible for my kids. And then I found out I was unexpectedly pregnant and I was not happy. Um, I was scared, you know, about gaining weight. I tend to gain a whole lot of weight during every pregnancy. And so all these, you know, they're kind of selfish thoughts, but I'm being honest. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so like all those thoughts were yes. consuming me like, no, no, I'm, I'm supposed to be losing weight. I don't want to gain weight. I don't want to be pregnant. You know, life is easy now that I have a five-year-old. And all, and then the others through thirteen, you know, life's kind of calm right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we have no. All of our baby stuff has been given away. Um, it, it, I was just in shock, and and didn't want to be pregnant. But because I know the gift and the blessing that children are, those kind of thoughts slowly but surely started to fade as I started to embrace having another baby and a blessing in our life and getting the chance to do it again, because there are parts, um, pregnant, my pregnancies are not that great, but I love nursing babies and I miss that part of yes. you know motherhood. And so all these sweet little thoughts started coming back and we were excited to have another baby, you know, all that kind of quickly turned around. And then, um, we go to one of our appointments to have a sonogram and realized real quick that there was no more baby. Mm. And so it was the shock of being pregnant again when I didn't want to be pregnant again. And then the high of embracing having another baby to a quick low of realizing that that baby had already died. Mm. And, just the heartache of, you know, why God, you know, why would you let me be pregnant if you were just going to take this child away when you knew I didn't want to be pregnant. And for me, um, 
Other things I was looking forward to during the summer, my oldest son, that's 13, and I were going to Haiti on a mission trip. This was going to be his first foreign mission trip. I was also working on becoming a spin instructor at my gym. And no when way. I, got there, I did not know this about you, Ashley. Yes, I also teach water aerobics. <laughs> oh my goodness. You should be my neighbor. <laughs> I wish I was. <laughs> Me too. Get over here, girl. But, Come on. <laughs> so all these things I was looking forward to had to be put on hold while I was pregnant um, because of what all becoming a spin instructor entailed and the time of the class, it was just best to let someone else have that position. Um, couldn't go to Haiti pregnant out of health reasons um, because of my past miscarriages and my other births, I'm high risk. And also because I'm 38, <laughs> you know, I'm Hello. advanced age now. Hey man, um, don't you be really careful, Nash. You're treading into, into deep water because I had a baby at almost what 40 my doctor said. That's what my doctor said. I laughed out loud when she said advanced maternal age. Right. <laughs> 38, yeah. like what? I know. Apparently ridiculous. 35 or over falls into that category. <laughs> ridiculous. But you know what? My pregnancy at 42, almost 42, was one of my very best ones. Uh, and that little girl is, um, she'll be eight in December. And I'm just so glad. I really am. I was. T- I never talk people out of having babies. So go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm all pro baby any age. Yes. Right. Me too. Bring them on. <laughs> yeah. Bring it. All these things I was looking forward to during this time had to come to a pause because I was pregnant, and it was hard at first to let go of kind of these plans I had made. Because I was pregnant, but then, you know, I'm pregnant. So it's all worth it because in eight months from now or seven months from that point, I'm going to get to have this baby and all this stuff I can do later. But then the baby died. And so not only do I get, I don't get to have this baby. I still don't get to go to Haiti because now I'm miscarrying. And the position for this spin instructor position has already been given away. And so I was kind of left with, nothing. And everything inside of me, everything in my flesh, so wanted to be angry. So wanted to question God, why did you give me this child just to take it away? Why did you put all these things into motion for me to do these other plans to have them taken away as well? And I still don't have the answers to any of those questions. But I realized in the moment that I was going to have a miscarriage that this baby had already died is either I believe that God is who he says he is, that he is sovereign in the good and the bad, and that I can trust him in everything, whether I like it or not. And I can have peace in the midst of this chaos and this confusion and this hurt and this pain. Or I can just be angry and then let the devil have control. And I chose, you know what? No, my God is good. He has seen me through this before. He has seen me through so much worse. So I'm just going to rest in knowing um, that he's got this. And when we, right before we found out for sure that I was going to miscarry, there was hope that maybe at the next sonogram, we would see the baby. That maybe I was earlier than they thought, you know, there was still a little bit of hope. And so I prayed and had people praying for me and believing that 
that baby was going to be there, that we would have this great big miracle. But inside, I just knew that I wasn't going to get the miracle that I wanted. But my trust still rested in thy will be done. You know, I don't know what God's plans are for me. Sometimes we don't we don't see the bigger picture, but I can trust that he does. And that if I just trust him and take those small steps of faith, as tiny as they have to be at the moment, that he's going to sustain me. And through all of that, I have felt so much peace. And it was just the craziest thing because it seemed like everything was going wrong. None of it was what I wanted. And yet I felt his peace totally all over me, all around me. And even now I still have no answers as to why I had to walk through that this summer. But I just love him. I just love how he sustains us even when he doesn't give us all the answers. Well, and I think you made a really good point to say you you made a choice and we get to choose. And and uh, I'm always telling people something my grandmother said to me a long time ago. She said, Heidi, God's either good or he's not. And yeah. you demonstrate what you believe when you walk through those valleys. I love that. Uh, I love the Psalms. And in Psalm 57, and David, who's, you know, people are always trying to kill him, right? So one minute he's just like, God, I praise you. You're the maker of heaven and earth. And the next minute he's like, where are you? You know, and I, <laughs> I love just his rawness and his realness before the Lord. But in Psalm 57, uh, verse one, he said, be merciful to me, be merciful for in you, my soul takes refuge in the shadow of your wings. I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. And I think really that's what you're, that's what you did. You're like, I don't like this, but Lord, I'm going to trust in you. You get to, we get to sort of hide ourselves in the wings of the Lord and just say, we're going to rest here and trust that God is always at work, that his heart for us is only ever always good. So Ashley, yeah. thank you so much for just pointing people back to the Lord and uh, reminding us where our hope actually lies. Uh, one of the scriptures that he gave me during this time is from Lamentations three twenty through 22. It says, I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Well, I love your story. I love that you've been faithful. I love that the Lord says that he who's been faithful with little can be entrusted with much. And I know that there are good things coming for you and for your family. I'm excited where the Lord's taking you. Where can the listeners find you if they want to find you online? Most of the time you can find me on Instagram at ashley.sigrist. So if you guys want more information on my friend, Ashley Sigrist, please come back to the show notes and I will link back to all things Ashley. If you have a question that you'd like to see addressed at the podcast, or you have a guest idea, I'd love to hear it. Shoot me an email. You can email me anytime podcast at the busy mom. In the meantime, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Don't forget to sign up for the October study. It's not too late to join us at MomStrongInternational.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at TheBusyMom.com.